You're about to listen to another inspiring word from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. For more information and interaction with House on the Rock, please visit our website on hotr.org.uk. Are you ready for God's word this Sunday morning? All right, open your Bibles very quickly to the book of Isaiah and chapter 54. Isaiah chapter 54, we're reading the first three verses of Isaiah chapter 54. Let's rise up in honor of the second person of the Trinity. Okay. If you can, read along with me. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry loud. You who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Isaiah started and said, Sing, O barren. To be barren is to be too poor to produce much or to produce any vegetation. It means showing no results, no achievements, nothing to prove your labor, to be unproductive, bleak and lifeless, empty of meaning or value, devoid, unable to have children, unfruitful. This is what it means to be barren. Yet Isaiah instructed the barren to sing. Why should the barren sing? When all hell is breaking loose and I have nothing to show for my labor, why should I sing? Because something is about to happen. He, this is an act of faith. This is a call to faith. God is asking you to sing, to cry loud, to dance, to praise, and give thanks before anything has even happened yet. Get ready because something is about to happen. Enlarging the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Because something is indeed about to happen. Brace yourself. Fasten your seatbelt. God is about to enter this space because your breakthrough is not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's not next year. Your breakthrough is now. If you believe me what I'm saying, go ahead and give God the praise even right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And tell your neighbor once again, stop postponing your breakthrough. Your breakthrough is now. Mighty Father, I ask that you send the anointing that makes preaching, teaching, and sharing your truth easy, that you cause my tongue to be as the pen of the ready writer, that I might inscribe upon the hearts of your men and women here your living truth. And that by reason of that truth, we'll be elevated to a new level of experience with you. Breakthroughs, breakthroughs on the right hand, on the left hands. We break forth in the name of Jesus. Yokes destroyed, 
burdens lifted. Faith arises. The impossible becomes possible. Doors open. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we do pray. And the people said aloud, amen. amen. Hallelujah. As you take your seat once again, say, your breakthrough is now. No personalize it. Say, my breakthrough is now. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Uh, the hope, a, a hopeless life. A hopeless life is a life not worth living. Hmm. You see, a man without hope does not see a reason for tomorrow. When you don't have hope, you don't see a reason for tomorrow. I bind every spirit of suicide in the name of Jesus. It's given no space and no room in our life. But typically, the people that commit suicide are persons that have lost hope. They see no tomorrow. They see no hope in tomorrow. And therefore, they are willing to give up their lives. It is actually hope that keeps us going. And I think this is an, uh, uh, um, a, a, a subject that is often not emphasized because as believers, we're always talking and preaching about faith. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith substantiates hope. Mm -hmm. So without faith, hope has no substance. Uh -huh. But without hope, faith has no focus. So hope becomes the focus of faith. Hope becomes what faith actualizes. If you do not have hope, faith has nothing to work on. It becomes like just dissipated force going nowhere. Um, hope is like the magnifying glass that focuses the rays of the sun to be able to now kindle a flame. Are you hearing me what I'm saying? So as essential and as important as faith is, we realize that Hope is also important. You need hope. I need hope. We need hope. Uh, help me tell your neighbor, keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. Uh, and the most famous father in the Bible, do you know who he is? It's Father Abraham. Father Abraham. Uh, we, you know, the father of faith. And often when we talk about Abraham, we talk about his great faith. Yet, Romans chapter 4 and verse 18 uh, lets us know that our father of faith was also a father of hope because it says that he hoped against hope. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, who against hope believed in hope? New King James says that who contrary to hope, in hope believed. The Amplified translation says, for Abraham, uh, human reason for hope being gone, hoped in faith. There was no human reason to hope again, yet Abraham still hoped in faith. So in other words, hope kept Abraham going. Hope. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 4 says, uh, For him who is joined to the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. As long as there is life, there is hope. I came to tell somebody this Sunday morning, if you are alive, there is hope. Uh, you haven't come to the end of your days yet. As long as you are alive, there is hope. If you survived the last two and a half years, I came to prophesy to you, you are about to thrive. You've developed capacity and strength beyond what you could comprehend through what you have been through. through. The book of Romans in chapter 8, verse 24b to 25, tells us about hope. It says that hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he can already see? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait with perseverance. So we see that hope is always what is not seen yet, what we are looking forward to. And because we are, because we are looking forward to it, we are able to persevere. We persevere because we have hope. Ah, Jesus, for the joy, the hope of the joy that was set before him endured the cross. I'm able to go through what I'm going through because I have hope. I can take a licking and keep on ticking because I have hope hope. I can endure all the things that are thrown against my life because I have hope. We endure because we have hope that things will change. Hope, hope, hope. Colossians chapter 1 verse 26 to 27 says, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. There was a mystery that was hidden in times past, but now it has been revealed unto us. What is this mystery? The mystery of Christ, the mystery of the finished work, the mystery of the fact that the price has been fully paid for your emancipation, prosperity, health, wealth, and whatever else the Bible promises. It says that mystery has been unveiled. It is Christ, and this Christ is our hope. Our hope, Christ in you, the hope of salvation. The hope of glory. This is our hope, our sure expectation that the glory of God will be manifested in our life. Because I have Christ on the inside of me, I am confident, I have a sure hope that glory will be manifested all around me. Hallelujah. God made a promise to Father Abraham. We read about it in the book of Hebrews in chapter 6, where it says, And God swore, God swore by himself. Hallelujah. 
He swore. And when you swear, you typically look for something higher than yourself to swear by. But when God wanted to swear, and he was only swearing, swearing for the frailty of mankind, the frailty of Abraham, he looked for what to swear by, and he looked up, and there was none above him, none higher than him. So he had to swear by himself. Uh, that as surely as I am God and I am, a, I am not a man that I should lie, I swear that in blessing I will bless you uh, and in multiplying I will multiply you. Uh, then we read on in that same Hebrews chapter 6 from verse 19 to 20. He says, this hope, this hope, uh, this hope of the promise, this hope of the covenant, this hope of the swearing of God, uh, this hope uh, we have as an anchor Ooh, for our souls, both sure and steadfast, which has entered the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. So therefore, listen to me, hope becomes an anchor for your soul. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, it's an anchor for your soul, hope is. When the winds and waves of life are hitting you and are attempting to blow you off course, you need to let down the anchor of hope to stabilize you even in the midst of the storm. Because Jesus died and rose again. He's our forerunner who has gone beyond the veil. This, this therefore gives us hope as an anchor for our soul. He's gone ahead of us. He's paid the ultimate, ultimate price. Therefore, I can hope. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Let the, this hope be the anchor of your soul. The finished work of Christ, Romans chapter 8 and verse 32 says, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things. Do you understand what he's saying there? He said God has given his very best, his very highest, his very biggest. Now, if he has already given his best and his biggest, then what is that request that you are making for him? It is, it is insignificant, insignificant in comparison with what he has already given. Therefore, you should not lack faith that whatever it is you are asking him for, even if it be a two million house car, two million um, pound house, it is well within his hands to do it. Hallelujah. Woo! Listen to this. Hope. First John chapter 3 and verse 1 to 3 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Ooh, beloved, now, right now, are we the children of God? And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. <laughs> but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now listen to verse 3. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. We're starting to see the central position that hope plays 
in our lives. We said that we, we are more. Ah, we are not yet what we shall be. In our spirits, we are already the children of God. We are already the sons of God. But it is not yet apparent. It is not yet unveiled to the world who you really are. There is more to you than meets the eye. You are more powerful than it looks. You are stronger than it seems. There is the greater one that is living on the inside of you. And because we know this, because we have this hope of an ultimate unveiling of everything that we are and everything that we are meant to be, we therefore purify ourselves. To purify means to set yourself apart so that nothing will impede the ultimate manifestation of who God has made you to be on your inside. So hope makes you prepare for what is to come that is not yet. When you have hope, it makes you to prepare for what is to come that it is not yet. If I have hope that you're coming to my house at a particular time, that sure hope makes me to prepare to receive your arrival. If I do not have any hope that you are coming, then I probably wouldn't do anything to prepare for your arrival. But if I have a sure hope that glory is coming, if I have a sure hope that deliverance is coming, if I have a sure hope that a turnaround is coming, if I have a sure hope that a is coming. What do I do? I prepare myself. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Keep hope alive. Help me preach to your neighbor and say, keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. Don't lose your hope. Come on, can you deputize for me this Sunday morning and preach like a preacher to the person that's on your right and your left and tell them, keep hope alive. I don't know what you're going through right now, but keep hope alive. Don't let go of your hope. Keep hope alive. Hallelujah. Uh, but there is another side to hope. Uh, Proverbs 13 and verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. This is the problem with hope, because hope can be frustrating. Am I talking to anybody? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred is when the goalpost keeps on moving forward. Do anybody understand what I talking about hope deferred is when hope is disappointed when it doesn't happen when you thought that it should happen uh, hope deferred is when hope is taking too long you, you see I, I'm, I'm okay with hope for uh, a few hours maybe a few days uh, maybe a few weeks but when, when hope starts taking months and, and, and years, ah, then uh, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred is when the deadline has passed two times over. 
hope deferred. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. I, I, am I talking to anybody? Ha, have you been there before? I, I have. It, it, it's the other side of the coin of hope. And you can't have one without the other. <laughs> if you're going to have the positive side of hope, then you have to be able to deal with the negative side of hope. To have hope, is essentially, is to have frustration. The frustration of delay that can only be tempered with patience. And, and because of this other side of hope, uh, sometimes we don't want hope. Oh, oh sorry, yeah, I, I know how it is. Uh, that woman that created a room for prophet Elisha in her house, and every time Elisha would pass by, he would stop in the house. And then Elisha says, what will we do for this woman? And he called the woman, and his servant says she has not had a child, and she's, she's well-stricken in years. And then Elisha said, uh, by the cycle of life, uh, you will have a child this time next year. The woman said, Man of God. Man of God. Trouble not your hand, maiden. Don't give me hope. I don't need no hope. Just leave me alone. I'm okay. I've come to terms with my situations. I've accepted it as it is. It's all right. I won't be the first. I won't be the last. I know how to live with this. All glory to God. Don't trouble me. Don't give me hope. Because with hope comes the risk of disappointment. So she didn't want that risk. We are taught in the medical field, particularly I'm a medical doctor in the Western world, to not give people hope. <laughs> so you have to understand this, that it is, this is a uh, uh, part of our uh, uh, training. It's somewhere written in there, you know, that be very careful, particularly in the Western world, about giving your patient hope. Yeah? Maybe the fact of litigation also encourages this culture of not giving people hope, lest when things don't turn out well, you are sued for having given them hope. In fact, the negative side of hope has been so trumped up uh, that we are afraid to offer people any hope. So we are typically taught uh, it is better to paint the worst case scenario rather than to give an optimis optimistic forecast. So we need to tell you all the possible side effects. We've got to tell you about the 0.5% uh, people that die from what we are about to give you. We've got to tell you, we've got, because we cannot be seen to be giving you hope unless uh, you come back and say, you gave me hope, doctor, and it didn't pan out the way 
that you said it would. We only give hope if there are clear statistically proven prognoses to support our hopeful projections. That is the only time you'll find us say that, yeah, you don't worry, this, yeah, you, this, you, you do. Because we can look at the records, we look at the statistics, we see the proven prognosis, and therefore we are now able to give some, uh, uh, some hope. In other words, uh, uh, yeah, uh, the hope we give must have substance behind it. The hope we give must have some statistical evidence. The hope we give must be substantiated with some facts. And in the natural, there might be little or no substance to back up our reason for hope. But our hope, according to Romans chapter 5 and verse 5, it does not disappoint. It does not disappoint. Why does it not disappoint? Because it is substantiated from a source beyond the natural. It's from a supernatural source of the word of God. God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So this is the other side of hope, the frustration of hope. The frustration of hope is that it takes time to materialize. The promise gives me hope, but it takes time to be fulfilled. The prophecy gives me hope, but it takes time to come to pass. The word gives me hope, but it takes time to become flesh. Hill City, your song gives me hope, but when the melody ceases, I'm yet to hold something tangible. Between seed and harvest, there is time. And that time is seemingly filled with hope deferred, making the heart sick. I prayed. You prayed. We prayed. And they told us the answer is on the way. The answer is coming. But it was delayed. Daniel prayed for an answer. But the answer was delayed. Day one, no answer. Day two, no answer. Day three, no answer. Day four, no answer. Day five, no answer. The guy kept on praying, fasting, waiting for the answer. And it wasn't until day 21 that his answer came through. Uh, the angel appeared with the answer, and then the angel said to Daniel, in Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 and 13, then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day, whoo, from the first day that you set your heart to understand, to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, woo, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Did you hear what that angel said? He said, 
and uh, right from the very first day, uh, when you set your heart, uh, this means that Daniel had not even started praying. He just set his heart to pray. God had already heard what he was going to ask, and God had answered and started sending the answer, but that answer was held up in the heavens by principalities. Ah, uh, yeah. The answer wasn't coming through. I prayed. God answered, but the answer was held up in the heavens, and it had to be that the oppositions and the principalities have to be defeated for the answer to come through. Oh, am I talking to somebody this Sunday morning? The answer, the answer to your situation, your circumstance, your problem, it has already been given. Uh, but has it broken through uh, yet? The problem is not the giver of the answer, God Almighty. Uh, the problem is with the opposition uh, or obstacles between the answer given and the reception of the answer. Is anybody hear me what I'm saying? Uh, when the angel was withstood in the heavenlies, reinforcements had to be called for. An SOS was sent back to heaven. We need help here. Uh, the answer is being held back. And God said, Archangel Michael, where are you, Michael? You got to go and give them the breakthrough. So Archangel Michael came to where the angel had been withstood and he broke through. And then the answer was delivered on the 21st day. I came to tell somebody this Sunday morning the answer was a breakthrough answer. Can I announce to somebody you are about to receive a breakthrough answer? answer. We are in the midst of 21 days of fasting and prayer and your breakthrough is now. Woo! Now we didn't read that verse in completion in the, the one in Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 12. It said, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when Oh, somebody say, say but when, but when, but when uh, hope deferred. It makes the heart sick. I've had a sick heart for a long time. Hoping and expecting and looking and hoping for something to happen. Uh, so right now, I'm thankful for but the but when. <laughs> but when. <laughs> but when desire comes, it is a tree of life. What does that mean? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when there is a breakthrough, it's a tree of of life. The breakthrough is going to unleash life. The breakthrough is going to bring healing for your sick heart. Is anybody hear me what I'm saying? Ah, yeah. But when? Before you asked, he already answered. Now it's time for the breakthrough. Our prayer is to our God, and our God is the prayer answering God. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the A and the Z. He's the Asian of Days. He's the Mighty God. He's Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah 
Rapha, Jehovah, Jireh. He's the many-named God. There is no God like our God. But I stumbled on a new name for God in this last couple of weeks. Ah, he is Baal Parazim. It was David that first called God Baal Perazim. Baal Perazim, let me give you some history, is a valley in Palestine. But this valley was not always known as Baal Perazim. It was first called the Valley of Rephaim, uh, which literally means uh, a valley of giants. Okay? Now, David had just been anointed king over all of Israel. And when the Philistines heard, they gathered to test the metal of his kingship in the valley of giants. And just like at the beginning of David's exploits in Israel, when he faced Goliath, he was once again going to have to face giants arrayed against him in the valley of giants. So we read in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 5 verse, from verse 17. Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. <laughs> and the Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim, the valley of giants. So David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? And the Lord said to David, go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal Perazim. It wasn't called Baal Perazim at that time. And David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me, like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal Perazim. Uh, this, you must understand, the, 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 the name Baal Perazim in Hebrew is Hebrew for owner of breaches or lord of breakthroughs. He's the master of breakthroughs. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, the text said that David defeated the Philistines. It was David that gave us a clearer picture of how the victory was won in his testimony. He said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The picture that David paints is of an initial resistance to his advance, but then suddenly, somebody say suddenly, then suddenly there was a an explosion and a breakthrough. The Lord is the Lord of the breakthrough. David recognized that the breakthrough was not the result of his own competence. It was because of the Lord. The Lord broke through the giants for David. I don't know what giants you are facing today, but our God is the same yesterday today, today, and forever. He is the Lord of the breakthrough. And as he broke through for David, he's going to break through for you. If you believe it, come and shout amen. 
Ah, the valley of giants. Your valley of giants is about to become a valley of testimonies, just like it did for David. If you believe it, give God the praise. David compared the breakthrough of the Lord as the breakthrough of water. Woo. Hallelujah. Have you seen water breakthrough before? Uh, the water has been gathering, but it hasn't broken through yet. But the more water gathers, the more pressure is being built up. It will finally get to the critical pressure point when there will be no longer any holding back of the water. The water will break through. <laughs> In dam management, uh, the water is gathering. And in good dam management, every once in a while, they have to create a release for the water, another tributary for the water to get out. Because if it does not, as it gathers, the pressure increases. And if you don't find a way of reducing the pressure by letting water out, it will get to the critical pressure point where it will break through even the dam. Is anybody here? Hear me what I'm saying. Ah, uh, yeah. David compared the breakthrough like the breakthrough of water. The Bible likens water to the word of God. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The water of the word. Uh, so uh, when you let the word of God dwell richly in you, uh, you allow it to gather on the inside of you. Uh, it might not, you might not have the breakthrough yet, but it is, continues to gather. The pressure is increasing. As it continues to gather, the pressure is increasing. As you hear the word in your family out altar, it's gathering. As you tune in for midweek life class and you hear the teacher teaching of God's word, it's gathering. As you come in Sunday after Sunday, hearing the word of God, the water is gathering. And when it finally reaches that critical precious point, there is nothing that is going to be able to hold back the breakthrough. So Acts chapter 19 and verse 20 lets us know, so the word of God grew mightily and it broke through, it prevailed. Can I decree and declare? A prevailing of God's word in your situation, in your circumstance, in your place, even right now, in the name of Jesus. It's going to be like a tsunami. A tsunami is not a good thing in the natural. But there is something about a tsunami. Uh, when a tsunami hits a place, nothing is left untouched in that place. Can I prophesy to somebody? Nothing will be left untouched in your life as the word of God breaks through over your life in the name of Jesus. I need to bring this thing to a close. I need to tie it down. What is a breakthrough? 
A breakthrough is defined by the dictionary as a sudden, dramatic, and important discovery or development. An instance of achieving success in a particular sphere or activity. A productive insight. An important consequential turn around discovery. It is defined as the penetration of the barrier of an enemy. Synonyms for breakthrough include advance, development, leap forward, quantum leap, revolution, headway. I like to say that the, a breakthrough is a game changer. Uh, the game is about to change in your favor. You are about to make a sudden, dramatic, and important discovery in God's word uh, that is going to be a game changer for you and your household. You are about to stumble on an insight that's going to be a game changer in your field of business and endeavor. Hey, you are about to receive productive insight and a turnaround discovery that will cause you to penetrate the formerly impenetrable barriers of your enemy. You are about to run through the troop and leap over the wall. You are about to leap forward. A quantum leap is your portion. You are about to make headway where there seemed to be no way before. I came to announce to somebody, your breakthrough is now. 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 I came to call you up into the prophetic. I came to tell you the wait is over. I came to declare no more delay. I came to proclaim your breakthrough is now. So like prophet Isaiah, listen to me, like prophet Isaiah, I say, sing. Sing, sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth in singing and cry loud. Thou that didst not travail with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife left the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch forth the contours of your habitation. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords, strengthen thy stakes, for thou shalt break through on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles, make the desolate cities to be inhabited. I came to call you to another level of faith. where your breakthrough is no longer perpetually postponed into tomorrow. Your breakthrough is now. The problem isn't with God. He's already given the answer. We deal with every hindrance, 
everything standing in between the answer that has been given and our reception of it in the name of Jesus unlike Daniel Daniel was under the old covenant so Daniel could not do anything in the spiritual realm but to wait for something to come through but we are under the new covenant and under the new covenant we are seated with Christ in heavenly places under the new covenant whatsoever things we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever things we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven so we are not at the mercy of sitting and waiting hoping hoping you see hope by itself is not a strategy hope by itself is not sufficient you've got to add faith to the hope we are in a position where we can deal with the things that are standing in between the answer that has already been given and its manifestation in our lives. So for the next 60 seconds, I want you to start to deal with those principalities and powers that have been standing in between the answer already given and its, its delivery to you. I want you to call forth your breakthrough right now. Just 60 seconds of intense prayer right now. Come on, come on. In the name of Jesus, we come against every single thing that has been standing in between the answer already given by you and our reception of it for all the promises of God in Christ Jesus. They are yea and they are amen. We receive it now in the name of Jesus. No principality, no power is allowed to withhold my blessing anymore in the name of Jesus. I walk into my breakthrough. I decree and declare my breakthrough is now. My breakthrough is now. My breakthrough is now. I decree and declare it over this congregation, over the members of this congregation. I decree and declare your breakthrough is now. Now, in the name of Jesus, it's now, it's now, the table's turned in my favor, now. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. The Lord said to me, even as I was preparing and in, in my sleep, he whispered to me, he said, somebody, I don't know whether you are online. You might be online, you might be here, and maybe it's more than one person. You've been suffering, suffering with long COVID, symptoms of long, long COVID. It ends now. Oh, you, you didn't hear me. I said, it ends now. It ends now. No long COVID allowed. No long COVID allowed in the name of Jesus. He said that as you declare this word in this house, those symptoms of long COVID that that person has been suffering under for quite a period of time now, it disappears. It disappears. Your breakthrough is now in the name of Jesus. Your breakthrough is now. You're going to look for the symptoms and you're not going to find them because your breakthrough is now. Thank you, Lord. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. Hallelujah to your name. 
In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Our God is the Lord of the breakthrough. We bless you. <laughs> we bless you. <laughs> we bless you. Oh, we give you the glory. <laughs> the Lord of the breakthrough, you are. Bow parazim. You break through for us. <laughs> Where we could not break through by ourselves, you break through for us. We bless you, Jesus. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be God. Father, we bless you. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. You're out there and you haven't received the Lord of the breakthrough in your life or you've strayed away from him, the Lord is calling you back and he's calling you home today. If you are ready on Facebook, on YouTube, or even in the hall here to come back, to come back under the auspices, the covering and the protection of the Lord of the breakthrough, please repeat these words of prayer after me. Congregation, support them. Lord Jesus, Today, I recognize the price that you paid. So today, I repent of my sin and I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart, I confess with my lips, and therefore, by faith, I am born again. I'm a new creation. In Christ Jesus, amen and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer wherever you are, you are indeed saved and we're so excited to receive you into the body of Christ. Please contact us on any of our social media platforms, email us or go to our website and follow the pathway there and let's help you to grow in the Lord. This is a good house to be planted in and you will flourish in the courts. If you're not already planted in a church anywhere, we invite you to come and join Hearts and Faith with us to further the kingdom of God. Amen and amen and amen. The QR code, if you want to become a member of the church, is also on screen. You can take advantage of that and follow that pathway. Hallelujah. And let's get you plugged into a life um, group and get you plugged into all the things that the church is doing for your nourishment and for your growth in the Lord. Amen and amen. Father, we give you the thanks, we give you the praise. Confirm your words, O oh God, with signs and wonders following. Thank you for the breakthrough. In Jesus' mighty name, we do pray. We hope you've enjoyed this uplifting sermon from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. We hope you've been informed and inspired. Join us for services every Wednesday and Sunday. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at HOTR London. Also, live stream our services on YouTube at HOTR London. For more information, visit our website on hotr.org.uk.